Hey, intrepid listeners. Uh, we want to engage you in a tell a friend campaign. Tell a friend. Mm-hmm. Tell two friends. Tell all your friends to tune into Caustic Soda. We're trying to get our listenership up, and uh, uh, you guys are out there to help us. So encourage people to check it out. Especially tell your friends who are squeamish. Yeah, those ones especially. <laughs> Imagine how fun that will be for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a personal challenge. <laughs> See how many friends you can lose. Test your <laughs> test your friends with caustic soda, won't you? What happens in the multi-purpose room stays in the multi-purpose room. I'm Torn Atkinson. Da 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 da. da. I love it when a war wagon comes together. I'm Kevin Leeson. Live by the motorcycle hit, die by the motorcycle hit. I'm Joe Fulgham, and this is Caustic Soda. Bam! So, the next episode in our ongoing series, Evil Dames in History. We're going to do Griselda Blanco today. <laughs> That's Griselda. Right? Yeah, that's probably what she sounded like. She kind of has, with a name like Griselda, it sort of is an evil stepsister kind of name, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm sure it's a cultural thing. It's probably not like that where she's from. But up here, Griselda sounds like a witch name, like well, evil, evil witch name. Not that all witches her, are evil. You would find her in a forest made of candy. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Trapping children in her house made of taffy. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our intern, Sherry, oh, yes. for all the work that she did on this. She seemed particularly interested in Griselda, or maybe she just knew too much. Maybe she is Griselda. Uh, like kind of an Elvis situation. That's right. I know that that's not true. Oh. <laughs> Griselda Blanco was born Of course, born on... that's what you'd say if you were covering for Griselda Blanco. Damn it! <laughs> Can't win. You could be one of her supposedly dead henchmen. This explains how the thickets keep going. I'm her number one hitman. <laughs> uh-huh. As in rock star hits. <laughs> <laughs> number one with a bullet. <laughs> Griselda Blanco was born on February 15th, 1943, in a ghetto in Cartagena, Colombia. Murder was so rampant in her slum, kids would amuse themselves by digging holes to bury the bodies that littered the streets. <laughs> I can think of more amusing things to do with a body than to put it in a hole. Well, I mean, it depends. If you can't ride your bike, it becomes sort of an obstacle course oh, okay. down well, yeah, the street. You make, you make a ramp out of them. Oh, that is a good idea. Yeah, but then they lose all their fleshy parts, and they're not really rampy anymore. My ramp's all squishy. Yeah, but then they get stuck in your spokes, and you go over your handlebars like a rib bone or something. You could make a fence out of them. <laughs> there you go. Like a fort. <laughs> See, this is your artistic band awesome coming fort. through. Yeah. <laughs> Murdered people. Griselda and her mother moved to Medellin when she was three, and she quickly became a Is that also pocket. in Colombia? Yes, Medellin is in Colombia. Okay, sorry, my, my geography... Mm-hmm. South America is not so great. Home of the Medellin cartel, who will be factored in later on in the story. Okay. Uh, Griselda would later claim that her mother beat her every day of her life. Well, psychopath murderer would say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At age 11, Griselda and a group of children descended from the hills surrounding Medellin, where they kidnapped a 10-year-old boy from a wealthy neighborhood called the Flatlands. Okay. Griselda and her cohorts held him hostage and demanded a ransom. When the family didn't pay, Griselda was dared to shoot him by the other children, which she did. Committing her first murder. You can't not do... When someone dares you to do something, you have to do it. When you are 11, it kind of is... It's an unwritten rule because they probably didn't write a lot in the slums of Medellin. If she did not kill that guy, her kidnapping career would be ruined. Yeah, absolutely. Her kidnapping cred. 
be out yeah. the window. At the age of 13, her mother, who was a prostitute herself, began pimping Griselda out. That same year, she Now, met... that means, like, she's adding, like, giant mag wheels and... Ah, tinted uh, windows. Tinted windows. Yeah, precisely. That's right. You lift her ass up, and there's a PlayStation 4 in the back. Uh-huh. And there's flames up her side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, you know, more in the in the realm of, you know, lit cigarettes being put out on her side by her mother. Oh. But uh, <clears throat> that same year, she met Carlos Trujillo... A John who specialized in creating false immigration documents and importing illegal immigrants to the U.S. They married and had three children. Griselda continued to work as a prostitute in Medellin until the age of 20. So, great upbringing or the greatest upbringing? Uh, Yeah, pretty brutal. On a scale of one to two? I'd give it a a one. (laughs) Yes. Okay, all right. Uh, Yeah, so this is, you know, we could definitely have a, a protracted debate about nature versus nurture. But she does get into some pretty terrible things later on. So Yeah, it's probably a little combination of both. She probably maybe naturally just would have been kind of an asshole. Oh, yeah? And then this horrible upbringing turned in, her into one of the evil, evil dames. Da- dames in history. Yeah. yeah. In 1969, Carlos Trujillo fell ill and died in the hospital. The official cause of death was complications due to cirrhosis of the liver and hepatitis. Ooh. But others claim that she poisoned him in order to get him out of her way. Right. She's mm-hmm. holding him back. In 1970, so a couple of months after her first husband died, she married a guy named Alberto Bravo. Oh, just a couple months. Yeah. Another hustler who was involved in cocaine trafficking. So it seems like she might have had him in the pipeline right. before Carlos conveniently Maybe she met him at the off. funeral. Oh, really? It was like a wedding crash or funeral crash situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alberto Bravo knows where to find the ladies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love me a widow. So I expect you're looking for a new lover. <laughs> Uh, Tonight on ABC. <laughs> oh, it's a, uh, a a cop duo team. Does anybody else find it ironic that a woman a super... who ends up becoming a massive cocaine smuggler, her last name was Blanco? And her first name is Griselda, and that means dealer? No, In... I think it means grizzly. Oh, okay. Grizzly white. Griselda, is that a German name? Or am I just going back to my uh, Grimm's fairy tales? It's used in English, Italian, Spanish, and Germanic languages. The name go. may originate from Germanic Grishild, meaning dark, dark battle. battle. Oh, so she's Dark <laughs> Battle White is her name. It's pretty awesome, actually. When, uh, you, when you mix those together, you get Dark Battle Gray. You so, know what? Yeah. A little foreshadowing. Like, if this was in kind of a novel, you would be like, oh, come on. Dark Battle on White nose. becomes a put cocaine a, put smuggler. A George Lucas write this? Yeah. <laughs> wow. A, a George Lucas slam in the middle of our evil dame story. I wasn't expecting mm. that. Just getting started. In 1971, Blanco and Bravo emigrated to Queens, New York, and established a sizable cocaine business. Blanco, however, wasn't satisfied with just a piece of the New York cocaine trade and embarked on a campaign to consolidate trafficking in New York by killing all of their competition. Okay. Sounds reasonable. It was at this time that Griselda is rumored to have invented the motorcycle hit. I'm sure that Sprint would do that if they could. The witch would do that? Sprint? I think Sprint would. Like people who run? Runners? I think he means the they're inherently, uh, like they're inherently any, evil. The cell phone carrier. He's yeah. just ah. picking a random yeah, giant. Exactly. Okay. A big corporation. corporation. Verizon, if they were allowed to. Verizon would have been a little bit oh, okay. more yeah. uh, you know, noticeable. All right. Sorry about that. Uh-huh. Any co- large corporate entity, I think, is what you're suggesting. Yes. If they could kill their competition, they would. So Griselda is rumored at this time to have invented the motorcycle hit. Now that is when you. It's like a kit, like uh, motorcycle, uh-huh. with machine like guns on the front oh, and yeah? spiky tires. Yeah, very much road like road warrior style. Yeah, that uh, Barry Bostwick uh, movie style that I really liked back in the day. 
What was the movie recently where a guy was riding a motorcycle? It was like probably like GI Joe or something, and you and you jump and then you ditch the motorcycle, and the motorcycle becomes a rocket. I do not remember that the at all. The GI Joe Retaliation or something. Oh, I didn't see that movie because it looked oh, terrible. Oh no, I haven't seen that. I believe you. <clears throat> no, this in fact was when two men would ride on a motorcycle. One driver and a passenger with a sawed-off shotgun or a machine gun would ride up beside their target while they were either in their car or right. on a street corner and gun them down with a spray of bullets. The motorcycle would guarantee a speedy escape with no danger of being impeded by traffic congestion, which, of course, in and around New York is a problem. Mm. Uh, they largely succeeded in consolidating the New York cocaine trade through violence. They moved hundreds of kilos of cocaine in the U.S. and employed nearly 1,500 dealers. You know what's even better than a motorcycle hit would be like a bicycle courier hit style. Well, you may not be as hard as to have speedy. a guy in the back though. On that one, he sits in the basket up front, and he's got a recoilless rock. Yeah, and you bling bling. You know, you that's right, bling bling, duck. Blanco used primarily female mules. Many of the models who often wore lingerie that Blanco had designed designed herself. Remind me again what a mule is. Uh, somebody who who carries uh, cocaine into uh, the uh, the territory you want to move it into, uh, much like the movie that we watched for uh, yeah. our cocaine episode. Mary Full of Grace was the she was a mule, right? Yes. Uh, but this underwear that Griselda Blanco had designed contained special pockets, and it was capable of concealing up to two kilograms of cocaine. So she designed lingerie for In- she designed the smuggler lingerie. Yeah. In lingerie. It's probably yeah. like on your boobs. So your boobs get a little more busty. Oh, yeah. okay. Because it's filled with cocaine. Yeah. Right? Or your, yeah. Well, your boobs are bigger and more powdery than I remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your vagina looks a little uh, poutier, maybe? <laughs> yeah, you have camel toe, but really it's like cocaine toe? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it helps with the moisture down there. Huh? It dries it all up, huh? absorbs it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Wouldn't want to get an infection. Standing barely five feet tall and weighing 165 pounds wait. with an oval face and cleft chin. Wait, wait. Can you get high from uh, putting cocaine in your vagina? I would imagine so, because you have it's a mucous, a mucous membrane. membrane. You yeah. absorb it for sure. Seems dangerous. Then your mule would just like totally arrive. Well, you got to wrap it in plastic. Okay. <clears throat> you know, just shove it in there. <laughs> you know, just like just, just pour it one of those a... giant powder spraying guns. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a terrible. Joe, you're with me on this, right? <laughs> totally. Okay. Blanco had a reputation amongst street dealers and law enforcement for her brutality and authority, and she quickly earned the nickname The Godmother. Mm. Uh, she was also known by less endearing nicknames like La Gordita, which means chubby. I know that and because... And La Gaga, which means stutterer. Oh, Gaga. Because because when Taco Bell came out with their Gordito Crunch... Oh, yeah? I was like, what does Gordito mean? It means fat. It means fat. So a uh, a Taco Bell thing is the only thing that'll get you researching. Yep, you know, in Spanish. <laughs> That's my interest in the uh, in the uh, Spanish language. With a client roster that included movie stars and major athletes, Blanco's burgeoning organization started to draw major scrutiny. A joint NYPD DEA investigation, dubbed Operation Banshee. Like a banshee, she was. <laughs> I wonder why they picked Operation Banshee for that one. It's because, a drug bust. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, but because they're all Irish cops, uh, because, because so they had to go back to their own cultural mm-hmm. background. Because Operation Griselda Blanco put her in jail. No, no, but it, it could have been. Long. It could have been Operation Chupacabra if we're going with you know <laughs> mythical. I suppose that's true. Uh-huh. I, I don't think the Chupacabra is a pretty recent invention, isn't it? So I don't think back then. The, Not uh, 1975. I don't think so. Let me double check that. Claimed as early as 1995. Okay. Yeah. All right. There you go. 
That's the only reason they didn't call it Operation Chupacabra, yep. obviously. There you go. <clears throat> of course, if they had a time-traveling cop, which would have made this whole story way more interesting, <laughs> he could have made up the word then, bringing it from the future. Oh, no, it's Tempo Cop. Ah. T- tempo Cop. Huh? Yeah. Chrono Chrono Cop? <laughs> yeah, well, you certainly, you're doing a good job of avoiding any copyright infringement, that's for sure. <laughs> Operation Banshee resulted in the indictment of Blanco and more than 30 of her subordinates in a federal drug conspiracy charges in 1975. Right. At the time, it was the biggest cocaine case in history. Hmm. By the time the federal grand jury handed down the indictment, Blanco had vanished. <laughs> oh, is that what she sounds like when she vanishes? Yeah, she's okay. like a puff of smoke. Puff of, puff of cocaine puff powder. Puff of cocaine, yeah. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> just she runs could... into it, just... <laughs> Man. So suddenly... she's like Batman. She has those bombs that she oh, just yeah. throws down in front of her, and then she's gone by the time the cocaine it clears. Actually, no, it doesn't actually obscure her. She does that, and everybody just goes in and sniffs, and she walks away <laughs> <Yeah>. slowly. <laughs> Distraction. Uh, in fact, what happened is Blanco had fled to Colombia. She went straight from the airport to meet with her husband and business partner, Alberto Bravo, mm-hmm. who had been in Colombia coordinating the whole time? all the uh, smuggling. She was the receiver in New right. York, and he was the, the, sendor. the sendor in Colombia. Uh, she was unhappy with Bravo as millions in profits had gone missing, and she mm-hmm. suspected he was skimming. Mm-hmm. She arrived in a limo with a gang of enforcers uh, at a parking lot outside of a Bogota nightclub. Bravo was there with six of his own bodyguards, uh, but when Bravo insulted her, oh. a furious Blanco pulled a pistol out of her ostrich skin boot. Ostrich skin, nice. I know, I, I like that little detail. I wasn't going to leave it in, but I was like, oh, they specifically mentioned that it was ostrich skin, so I... <laughs> but they didn't say what kind of pistol it was. No, they didn't say what kind of pistol. <laughs> no, big enough to fit in an ostrich, or small enough to fit in an ostrich skin right. boot. Sure. I guess so. Uh, she fired point blank at him. He fired back at her with an Uzi. <laughs> Oh, wow. In the melee, all six of his bodyguards were killed, and Bravo was shot in the face, Wow! killing him instantly. Blanco had been shot through the stomach, and for a few days they thought she was going to die, but she ultimately recovered from mm-hmm. her wounds. That's why the story oh. goes on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> At this time, it's estimated her personal worth was about $500 million. Okay. In the late 70s, she resumed her operation in Miami, because most of the cocaine smugglers were gaining entry to the U.S. through that port. Right. She they were looking for her in New York. There was a warrant out for her. So she figured that this was the uh, the best place to kind of resume her business. Mm-hmm. So in Miami, she showed up in the late 70s, sometime in 76 or 77, and started to employ the same tactics that had worked for her so effectively in New York a few years earlier. Eliminate the competition at all costs. Uh, she met a car thief named Jorge Rivi Ayala who inadvertently messed up a hit she had planned. Blanco oh. ordered him to bring her the man she wanted to have killed, or she would have Revi killed instead. Revi found the man, kidnapped him in front of his 15-year-old son, and delivered him to Blanco. The man was later found chopped into pieces, packed into a cardboard box, and dumped on the side of a highway. Wow. Mm. This was one of her tactics, actually. This is one of the things she liked to do. Revi quickly moved up the ranks until he was actually leading Blanco's a gang of enforcers known as the Pistoleros. Ooh, Pistoleros. Oh, yeah, Pistoleros is probably a better pronunciation. Than that. It's probably not actually what it is. Uh, it <clears throat> means gunman, I think. I'm pretty sure it just means gunman. Doesn't have to be a double L for it to be a Y sound? Oh, maybe. So maybe it is Pistoleros. Uh, in order to become a member of the That's gang... That's what I learned from Taco Bell. Oh. <laughs> I don't think Bell is a Spanish word. Taco Bella. <laughs> In order to become a member of the Pistoleros, it was customary to kill somebody and cut off a body part as proof, typically an ear or a finger. That's not so bad. Well, it's something that the other person would miss, right? Mm-hmm. So You want an ear? I can get you an ear. Yeah. 
I mean, you, you could, with nail polish. If you said you'd killed a guy and then like cut off his fingernails or something as proof, it you know probably wouldn't stand up the sniff test, right? Mm. Her killing spree of rival dealers in southern Florida was quite ruthless. If you purchased drugs from her and failed to pay, she would kill you. Okay. If she bought drugs from you and didn't feel like paying, right, she would often kill you. I feel the same way. To get rid of bodies, they would drain. Sometimes I go into the Seven Eleven, buy a bag of uh, chips. Uh, oh yeah, I could pay the dollar twenty-five. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I think her stakes were slightly higher, seeing as how she was already worth $500 million. That makes her less of a bad person than Torn. No. Because no. he's willing to kill over a buck twenty-five <clears throat> bag of chips. Oh, we'll hear stories later where oh, she okay. killed for less than that. Okay, good. To get rid of bodies, they would drain the blood out of the victim in a bathtub, fold the body oh. in half, what? pack it into a cardboard box, and ship it either to the victim's family or to the head of the rival cartel the victim was a member of. Now, when you ship it, do you use one of your your mules, or do you just call FedEx? I think it was more like a drive a car up in the wee hours of the morning, right. throw it out of the back, okay. and then squeal away and right. have them find this cardboard box stuff with, with folded the remains. drained yeah. body. Mm-hmm. When ordering a hit, Blanco would regularly instruct the assassins to kill everybody in the vicinity, including women and children, so as to leave no witnesses. Right. In the documentary Cocaine Cowboys, which we'll talk about maybe, uh, we're going to reference throughout this whole mm-hmm. thing. Uh, Reevee recounts a story in which she didn't feel a restaurant owner treated her with the proper respect. So the next night, a pistolero riding on the back of a motorcycle opened fire on the innocent bystanders waiting outside in line in oh. an effort to ruin his business. Ooh, did it work? Uh, I wouldn't stand in line outside of that place anymore, would you? <laughs> I guess. I think the doorman was killed and like three innocent people were wounded. So, right. so that was for less than a dollar twenty-five. That was because the guy wasn't kowtowing when she was having a steak dinner the right. night before. That's right, which she probably paid for. I'm sure she did. Although that's... maybe that's what pissed her off. <laughs> I have to you, pay. You have to, have to pay. Come well, on. it would be like that scene in Goodfellas where he asked Joe Pesci to settle up his bill and he beats the crap out. Yeah. Once she consolidated the cocaine trade in Miami, her distribution network had thousands of employees coast to coast and was raking in approximately eighty million dollars a month. Hmm. At its peak, our operation smuggled nearly 3,500 pounds. That's 1,600 kilos for our a lot? non-American friends. How high could you get on, th- what was it, 3,500 pounds? 3,500 pounds. Or 6, how 1,600 many, kilos. How many people would it, would it could you get high with that amount? I don't know. Joe, I you can think, calculate I don't this. know, but I remember hearing that back at the t- in the 80s or so that a kilo of cocaine could go for thirty to $40,000. Yeah, I think that uh, the I've you know you hear varying numbers because it depends on the time, the era. Mm-hmm. It was much more expensive when she was back in New York because there wasn't so much coming in as it was later on. Uh, but I think I think like cocaine is measured in grams. Like you buy a gram of cocaine, and mm-hmm. that's a lot. So a gram is going to get me high. Oh, a gram will get you and like five of your buddies high. Oh, so a fifth of a gram will get me high. Yeah, maybe a quarter. Let's call it a quarter. Okay, a quarter of a gram. Yeah, zero point two five grams. That's right. Will get me high. Correct. And how many 0.25s are there in, in 3,500? Or a kilogram. Let's go with. Oh, so Torin <laughs> wants to know how many people can get high f- from, from that. 3,500 kilos. Of... No, That's what I want. It's 3,500 pounds, 1,600 kilos. Oh, shit. Okay. Times that and times that, divide one, that by one, four. 1.6 times four. So uh, <clears throat> about 6 million people. 6 million people could get high on that amount of. Uh, yeah. Per, per month. Per month. Or, or six million no, or, six, or six million times of getting high, yeah. actually. So. Or five Charlie Sheens. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So that was every month. Uh, she is largely considered the first U.S.-based drug trafficker to amass a personal fortune in excess of $1 billion. Mm. Oh, congratulations. Oh, well, you know, first to anything. Achievement right? unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Blanco had a luxury penthouse on Biscayne Bay and a mansion in Miami Beach where she would host coke-fueled orgies, complete with prostitutes oh, yeah. catering to every need, including the godmothers, who was openly bisexual by this point in time. I mm-hmm. wish I was there. Which part of that is uh, is attractive to you? <laughs> yeah, cocaine think... orgies. Oh, okay. With prostitutes and bisexuals, just to service me. Oh, there you go. You just like to be serviced. Yeah, I like an, I like uh, my fit rubbed. <laughs> That's the. With if cocaine. you had a prostitute come over to you and say, "I will do anything for you," and you could you use would... the cocaine as talc. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for your foot rub. Yeah, yeah. But you certainly wouldn't feel your foot ache anymore. Maybe a maybe a beard trimming. There you go. Uh, your one... house, house could use some cleaning. It's like a spa. <laughs> Yeah. Could you tidy yeah. up here before you're done? One uh, one reporter at the time reported that the cartel turned 1980s Miami into the most violent city since Prohibition-era Chicago, mm. inspiring both the television series Miami Vice and the movie Scarface. Ooh. Wow. Now sing the Miami Vice song. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. I don't I'm pretty sure that's it. it. I know it's got it's got like some twangy and and some Latin drum beats. Yeah, it's and, no Barney Miller. And then, we know that. And then doesn't it come in with a synthesizer sting? Yes, definitely. Man, I don't remember. And it, it ends with a boom. Yeah, yeah. Definitely oh, ends with that. So oh, I got we, that part right. We watched the hell out of that show in the '80s, and I have no memory of almost. Oh, any I watched part it religiously. It. Yeah, Friday night. So this kicked off what is colloquially known as the Cocaine Wars. Right. I have an example of that. Uh, the Dade County Shopping Mall Massacre. Well, do, <laughs> I guess. I'm guessing. Do, what do you think happened? Somebody's going to die. Yeah. Somebody. In summer 1979, in the middle of the afternoon, a Colombian cocaine dealer and an associate were in a liquor store at a mall looking for scotch. Okay. So they, they have, uh, you know, discerning palates. That's right. I mm-hmm. agree. Uh, a trio of Blanco's assassins in a van with happy time complete party supply imprinted on one side mm-hmm. unleashed a wild spray of machine gun fire, killing both men and injuring two mall employees. Oh, well, it, it was a spectacularly bold hit, quote, a replay of Chicago in the 1920s, end quote, in broad daylight at a crowded shopping plaza. Right. When the cops arrived in the scene, they discovered that the killers had abandoned their van behind the shopping center and dubbed it the War Wagon because its sides <laughs> were covered by quarter-inch steel with gun ports cut into them. Ooh. Oh, oh, that sounds effective. Yeah. The gun mm-hmm. ports were covered with one-way plastic, allowing gunmen to look out while no one could look inside. Inside the War Wagon, they found 20 shotguns, revolvers, and machine guns. Why do you think they were that loaded you... loaded for bear. Yeah. Why do you think that you leave your War Wagon? Do you think uh, that was the part of the plan, or I have to guess that maybe something happened and they couldn't drive it away, or <laughs> or damn maybe, thing won't turn over because like, we have a photo of this. We'll yeah. put this on the website causticsodapodcast.com, because this is good when you drive up to something in it and catch yeah. somebody by surprise, but probably not great for a getaway vehicle. I agree, and it's even got a phone number where you can reach them. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's that would be awesome if that was their actual phone number. You didn't number. actually put the real phone number on the side of the van, did you? <laughs> hey, you, you guys left a couple of not empty clips back here. You want to come pick them up? Because there's a detective. Oh, jeez, we'll be right over. There's a detective Horowitz on the phone. <laughs> yeah. uh, that would be particularly awesome. Because if you think you're going to leave it there, then why do you leave all your guns in there? 
Maybe uh, just the just like, well because what well, I mean you have twenty guns if you're gonna like jump on the bus you can't take your guns with you yeah so it's not a video game where switching guns is just pressing a button and it appears out of nowhere <laughs> what yeah they would have needed like a duffel bag or something they thought their truck was their duffel bag and also you'd get caught wielding guns in the middle of the city I I I would like to know though if this was on purpose like if they thought we're gonna build this amazing war wagon with quarter inch steel and gun ports and we're going to drive it up and use it one time to kill two people and then we're going to leave i I don't can't see that as being their plan well if hollywood has taught me anything is that when you go to assassinate somebody with something that you took a great deal of time to build yeah Mm -hmm. it will in and it's a vehicle Mm -hmm. it will break down at the most inopportune moment right yeah so the story kind of sounds like a movie yeah yeah they could have just like you know had a, a problem with the engine Gremlins. I, I agree. I, this is a thing I want to know. I want to know if it was planned or if something fucked up and they had to leave it. Well, I think everybody who was inside is probably dead. So hard, hard, difficult going to be figured yeah. out. In 1982, Blanco ordered a hit on one of her own enforcers, <gasps> Chucho Castro. Chucho! Chucho Castro! Uh, he had angered her because he had literally kicked her 15-year-old son, Osvaldo, out of his ha- house at 3 a.m. Oh, Osvaldo so like- had showed up drunk. Drove his car up onto his front lawn, knocked on the door and said, I'm going to crash on your couch. And Chucho spun him around and kicked him in the ass. Oh. And sent him flying out of the lawn and said, get out of my house. Don't come back. Uh-oh. Uh, so Osvaldo reported this to his mother and uh, she ordered mommy, a hit mommy. on him. Mommy, mommy. Yeah. Kick me in the bum. <laughs> Don't worry, son. I'll kill him brutally and mm-hmm. chop his body parts up and throw him on the side of the highway. Blanco's assassins drove up alongside Castro in a van and fired dozens of shots into his car with an M16. However, they- Wait, m- uh, that's in a machine gun, right? That is a machine gun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the well, machine gun that they, that's a standard issue for the U.S. military. It's not technically a machine Because a machine gun- It's an automatic rifle. It's an automatic rifle. Yeah. Uh, however, they missed Chucho entirely and instead killed his two-year-old toddler, Johnny- who was shot twice in the head. So you have a full-size man. You can't hit him. Right. But you hit Well, he was holding his kid up as a shield, probably. <laughs> no, actually, oh, no. I've seen the uh, the photos from the... Uh, uh, um, no, they didn't have a photo of this. Sorry. Maybe the adult uh, Chucho. Chucho? Yeah. He had like a baby face, and they got confused. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, they uh, uh, they fired in through the back uh, of the car, and it went through the, the seat and hit the kid in the head yeah. twice. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reavy would later tell police. Uh, I wonder what what voice should Reavy, the uh, the thug, be? Oh. He was the guy. He he told the story on Cocaine Cowboys. You heard him yes, talk. Yes, he did. I know what his real voice sounds like, but I'm going to do <laughs> okay. Al Pacino from Scarface. Okay. okay. Oh, all right. At first, she was real mad because we missed the fodder. Oh no, that's turned French in a real in a real hurry there. I know, I was expecting Scottish. Okay, I, I don't know if I if I'm not saying say hello to my little friend, I don't think I can do Scarface. Just keep saying I that over she and was over real again. Because we missed the father. But when she heard we had gotten the son by accident, <laughs> she said she was glad that they were now even. Now go away or I shall shoot your son a second time. <laughs> yeah, something like that. You silly Cuban can it. <laughs> That same year, Blanco ordered the hit of a married couple who owed her money, the Lorenzos. Blanco offered the Pistoleros extra money to kill the couple's three children, aged one, four, oh, and six. I wonder how much extra money. Uh, I think it was $50,000. Okay. Uh, but Reavy refused to no let the other- No child is worth that much. <laughs> oh, you would kill a child for $50,000? 
No, I wouldn't buy a child for $50,000. Oh, okay, there you oh. go. But would you sell one for... Yes, you would give one I would a- sell one for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Everything must go. <laughs> Clearance. Uh, Revy refused to let the other two gunmen finish the job, and afterwards, Blanco became enraged that they had defied her orders and left the children alive. Oh. A one-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old. Yeah. Was he, did he get in trouble? So this is where that nature-nurture thing is coming into Like, I don't think, no matter how bad your upbringing was, that if you weren't inherently evil, that you would order the murder of a one-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old. And laugh when your, your, your hitman told you that he accidentally killed a two-year-old. Yeah. Like, yeah, pretty there's, some, there's something broken in there, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, a former enforcer, Papa Magia, stole a shipment of cocaine with the intention of selling it on the streets of New York, where he Uh-oh. thought his gang would be outside Blanco's reach. Mm. Uh, Revy traveled to New York with two other pistoleros and killed 11 of the 12 gang members in less than 24 hours. What about the 12th one? Uh, that was Magia. He, he got out alive. Uh, so they... They started to try and hunt Magia down, and they killed his father in a case of mistaken identity. Oh, Jesus. Then they planted a bomb in his house in a busy residential neighborhood. Uh, the bomb was made up of 200 sticks of dynamite, and they were going to set it off when they thought Magia might be home. That is a lot of dynamite. Oh, yeah. Uh, we should actually find a picture, because there are pictures of the house. It is. It was leveled, like absolutely destroyed. Like there was basically the foundation was left. And was he in it? No, he was not in the house. He got away from that again as well. Uh, when they were tipped off that he would flee by plane a few days later, Blanco offered Revy $500,000 to kill Magia inside the airport terminal with a bayonet. Oh. <laughs> so no miter- motorcycle hit. Uh, when Revy asked Wait, him- was this before 9-11? This this was this was 1982. So this, this was before 9/11. Lax security at the old airport. Uh, when Revy asked Blanco why we, they would change their tried and true methods, she replied, "He's a pig, so I want him killed like a pig." Right. Stabbed with a bayonet is evidently how we kill pigs. And then we're gonna eat him for as bacon. <laughs> uh, Revy refused, but another pistolero stabbed Magia eight times in the middle of the crowded airport terminal. Incredibly, Magia survived the attack. Oh, God. So it's like Rasputin. Oh, he's something. This guy, I'll tell you. Uh, between 1981 and 1984, Blanco had begun smoking cocaine regularly and claims to have smoked seven million dollars worth of cocaine in one in that night. Period. No, oh, in that over that okay. course of those years. But you know what? She's actually bringing it in, so there's no street markup in that. Oh, 7 she gets million. it at wholesale. It's, yeah, she gets it wholesale exactly. <laughs> like it's nothing to her. Uh, during this time, she began to act increasingly paranoid, erratic, and unpredictable. Is that what happened? Increasingly. Increasingly. Mm-hmm. She was already paranoid, erratic, and unpredictable. Yes. I yeah. should have listened to the cocaine episode before we did this and remind myself of all the ins and outs. Uh, the side effects of cocaine? Yeah. Yeah. No, paranoia is definitely one. And like all the, I watched all the, you know, TV episodes they did about her. I watched both the Cocaine Cowboys movies and and everybody started to talk about, you know, near the end. She started, she was just more and more paranoid. Like she thought everyone was out to get her. Like every day she was ordering a hit on somebody kind of thing. Right. Uh, she bought Ava Perone's diamonds at who's, an auction. Who's Ava Perone? Uh, she was the wife of the dictator of Argentina. She's, okay. she's the one that, uh, um, that song is about. Don't um, cry for me, Argentina. Mm-hmm. She's well, the one who sings damn. that song. Uh, she bought, she bought a, a tea set that was rumored to have been owned by the queen of England. <laughs> she kept a bronze bust of her own head in her house. Oh yeah. And her underlings would rub it for good luck. <laughs> I love the megalomania that's inherent <laughs> yeah. in having a bust yeah, of yeah. your own head like done. Uh, right? 
I wonder uh, if I have enough money to get that done for me. <laughs> just go to one of those places that'll scan your head and give you a printed out version. Of oh, it. God, uh, that's not the same. It's not yes, a bronze digital bronze. printout. <laughs> Boo. You can get it printed out in bronze. Can I? Oh, oh yeah. The, I know Shapeways will do metal printings. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how go. big they'll go, though, but I'm sure at some point this will be able to happen. Ooh, maybe you can get it done in copper so it'll oxidize and you'll be green. Ooh. A, a nice right. a nice coppery green head. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd rather have an aluminum so it's easy to carry around. But you could take you <laughs> could you take, take it places with you? Yeah, I'm taking it with me everywhere I go. <laughs> I Love was, me. To, no, just in case somebody tries to assassinate you or something. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna be like the I wanna yeah, I'm gonna put it <laughs> on your shoulder so you have your own decoy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'm gonna a, be like a C one thousand. Or like Zephod Beeblebrox, the extra head beside yours. Yeah, that's right. When people do headshots, you get a fifty percent chance of surviving. Mm-hmm. What I was thinking was they could scan your head, but then use three D software to add like tentacles around your mouth like Cthulhu. Ah, and then you could be oxidized green with the copper and mm-hmm. yeah, it would just be like living the fantasy for you. Sure. It'd be like you made a deal with the old ones, right? Yeah. Uh, Blanco once shot a pregnant woman in the stomach. Oh. Uh, she had an get em- before they get out of the womb. That's my philosophy. Well, yeah, she probably thought that he was a future rival or something, right? Uh, she had an emerald and gold encrusted Mac Ten. <laughs> right. This is a, this is somebody. That's the, this is ag- the totally the actions of somebody who has too much money. Does, yeah. Did that gun? Was that gun used? Did it work? I don't know. Because don't you would know. think if you started firing it, the vibrations would like shake the jewels off. Uh, yeah, you would think. Or maybe it shot emeralds. That would be even more <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Also, gold has a very low melting temperature. And guns can oh, yeah. get hot. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's probably more decorative than Just anything for sure. else. Yeah. It's too bad. Uh, she had gained a lot of weight during this period. It would sometimes force men to have sex with her at gunpoint. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's rumored to have sliced a man's throat while he slept after she had sex with him. Oh, because mm-hmm. she got uh, she'd been up for days doing cocaine right. and she became super paranoid. So when he fell asleep, she figured he was like out to get her, cut his throat. God, uh, often suffering from cocaine induced paranoia, she'd retreat for long periods behind the locked gates of her mansion with only her German shepherd to stand guard. Her German shepherd. Guess what his name was? Um, The littlest hobo. Joe, I, I saw it already. Her German Shepherd guard dog's name was Hitler. <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. She's a little bit on the nose. Yeah. She did she, she lacked subtlety in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, she lacked subtlety. I mean, start out with her name Griselda Blanco and just work your way down to a guard dog, German hey. Shepherd guard dog named Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it lacks subtlety. There's there's no craft to this at all. Yep. The violence and climbing murder rate, however, was starting to draw national attention. There were 104 murders in Miami in 1976, which rose steadily every year. 1976, remember, was the year that Griselda Blanco moved to Miami. Okay. Uh, which rose steadily every year to, until 1980 when it peaked out at 573 murders. Hmm. That year, Miami had the highest murder rate in the world at 32.7 murders per 100,000 people. The U.S. national average was 7.9 murders per 100,000 people. Don't go to Miami. So it was almost five times the national average. During this time, 25% of corpses in the morgue had wounds from automatic gunfire. There were so many bodies that the medical examiner was forced to rent a refrigerated van from a Burger King. (laughs) 
to house the And then there was a crazy (laughs) mix-up. And And all the dead bodies showed up at Burger King. They got made into burgers. There's a bullet in my hamburger. What is going on? Silver lining, it ended up Burger King's most popular uh, temporary (laughs) menu item. Yeah, yeah. They called it the Miami Sound Machine. And every time it got served to you, you, bullet shots like rang out over the loudspeaker. Uh, Blanca, however, was unconcerned by the increased scrutiny. According to Revy, she liked to be at war. Every day she'd say, we've got to get so-and-so. It was something she enjoyed. Most dangerously for Blanco during this time, Alberto Bravo's nephew Jaime had learned that she was responsible for his uncle's murder. DEA agent Bob Palumbo recalls, Jaime and two gunmen he'd imported from Colombia would go to the malls where Griselda spent time shopping and just wait for her. It got so bad that we had to interrupt our drug case against Griselda to take Jaime off the streets. What? (laughs) Griselda herself, I guess, started to feel the heat because uh, in 1984, she fled to California to hide out from the members of her own cartel that were intent on killing her and to tap into the West Coast drug trade. Okay. So uh, she made a coast-to-coast move. Yeah, it's a big market out there, absolutely. In late 1984 in California, Blanco, who needed to set up her operation again, took a shipment of 1,500 kilos of cocaine, about $1.8 million worth, from Marta Ochoa Saldiriega, who is a first cousin to the three powerful Ochoa brothers who ran the Medellin cartel, and niece of the patriarch of the entire Medellin operation. Mm-hmm. When Marta made the delivery, Bianco took her captive and tortured her oh. to find out where Rafael Salazar was, another drug lord to whom Griselda owed money and he, she wanted to kill to erase the debt. Salazar. Uh, she tore out Marta's fingernails, burned her with cigarettes, oh. and beat her repeatedly. Mm-hmm. However, Marta didn't know where Salazar was, so Griselda shot her and left her mutilated body floating in a nearby canal. <sighs> Uh, Griselda claimed when asked where Marta was that Marta never made the delivery and never showed up. Uh, of course, none, all the cartel bosses didn't believe her, and they put out a contract on her, which effectively ended her reign as one of the primary distributors of cocaine in the U.S. Because now the Medellin cartel were no longer supplying her. In fact, they were a right, killer. Right. Uh, in February 1985, she was arrested by DEA agents in her home. Palumbo recalls how he interrupted her as she lay in bed reading the Bible. <laughs> She was quite startled. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Whoa, whoa. It says here, thou shalt not kill. What? Did I miss oh. this page? All oh, these pages were stuck together with the blood of an innocent victim. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know, I'm going to turn my life. A- <laughs> this is the DEA. <laughs> oh, damn it. Well, there's something to suggest that maybe she wasn't on the verge of turning her life I around. Know. So. No, I know. <laughs> uh, being that uh, when she was sentenced to more than a decade in jail for drug trafficking, she continued to run her cocaine business while in custody. I wouldn't kick a cactus. Cactus plants have thorns. I wouldn't kick a Brema. Brema steers have horns. I never tease with honeybees. Cause honeybees will sting But when I squeeze a woman I don't fear anything And yet a pretty woman is a deadly weapon Is a deadly weapon like a gun I know a pretty woman is a deadly weapon But I don't have sense enough to run I wouldn't let a bobcat close enough to scratch 
And when I'm near explosives, I won't strike a match Won't give a snake an even break, cause snakes will kill you dead But when I kiss a woman, I guess I lose my head And yet a pretty woman is a deadly weapon Is a deadly weapon like a knife I know a pretty woman is a deadly weapon Yet I a woman with my life I know a pretty woman is a Now is the time in the podcast when I tell everyone about Charles Cosby. It's time for the Cosby Report mm-hmm. on Caustic Soda. <laughs> he was who's, who's Charles Cosby? He was one of the lesser known of the Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. Oh, uh, really? And how there, does he factor into there the story? There was Mushmouth and Dumb Donald and uh, and uh, and and Charles Cosby, the mm, cocaine smuggler. Yeah. All right. He was. He was. Uh, he was the one kid who finally got out of that. <laughs> got that, out of that uh, slum. slum. Yeah. Actually, I imagine Fat Albert probably went on to get a pretty decent job. Well, yeah, he that seemed to have a good movie. He had a good head in his shoulders. Okay. In 1985, Charles Cosby was watching a local TV anchor announcing Blanco's arrest. Okay. Yeah. Cosby, then a hustler in his late teens, who moved ounces of coke on the corners of East Oakland, California, mm-hmm. was awestruck as the anchor described a cocaine queen who moved hundreds of kilos into the U.S. Cosby said, "I was floored." <laughs> <laughs> I've never known a woman to sell drugs, much less on that level. She was a billionaire to a drug <laughs> to a drug business knife, uh, naive <laughs> or a, a naive person. Novice? Yeah, uh, like Cosby. Blanco was the very model of what he wanted to achieve. I'm so glad you're the one reading this story. So he's uh, she, he's he says this, this woman's my hero. Yeah. And not in the sandwich way. <laughs> because that's what people normally mean well, when they I say, mean, you're I my say... hero. Well, put a little mustard on you, would you? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just the standard thing for cannibals. That's just what I say to everything I order from Subway. You're my hero. <laughs> I could never get mad at you. Fortuitously, Blanco was able to plead out to a 20-year sentence as w- and was remanded to a low-security federal prison for female offenders called FCI Dublin. Well, she's obviously yeah. not at all dangerous, what with her giant murder sprees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she wasn't convicted of murder yet. 20 miles from Oakland. Okay. Oh, wow. This is where this FCI so Dublin. So uh, he he's, sees this as a sign. Griselda was the connection of all connections, even though I was just starting out to be in the game. Right then and there, my eyes were on the prize. This guy's still alive and could kill you, isn't he? Yeah, he's got his own, uh, does he have a Tumblr account? He's got a Tumblr, yeah. 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 Bill Cosby is also still alive. (laughs) Either of them could kill me. (laughs) Just as likely. It's like a 50-50 shot. You're going to be murdered by one of these two men, I think is what we've come to the conclusion. 
Cosby was able to get in touch with Griselda via a female friend who had worked as a runner for Blanco. After a series of phone calls and letters, Cosby came face-to-face with Blanco for the first time during visiting hours at the prison. Uh-huh. When they met, Blanco embraced Cosby, gave, uh-huh. him a hu- gave him a long and unexpected passionate kiss on the mouth. Now, hold on a sec. So this is like 1985, right? Yes. She was born in 43, so she is... 42? 42 years old. Yeah, okay. Okay. How old is he? Uh, young. He's young. Let's just say that. 20-ish? That sounds about right. Yeah. Then they sat at the visitor's table and got down to business. Mm-hmm. That will be the name of the porno. Getting down to business? Down to business. <laughs> We've never, we haven't established Blanco's voice. How much money do you need? <laughs> Blanco asked. For you and your family to be comfortable. <laughs> Cosby was stunned by the question and nervously threw out the sum that he expected to be refused. 50 keys. All right. That's a kilometer, right? <laughs> yeah. 50 kilometers of cocaine. It's <laughs> a very, In one very, it's, it's thin, a very line. thin line, though. They could actually, 50 keys could probably stretch 50 kilometers if you made it skinny enough. Yeah. Mm. Three days later, a Latino woman bearing two packages showed up at Cosby's house and said plainly, I have a delivery from the godmother. Inside were 50 kilos of cocaine. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, I found out he would be 23 at the time. Ah, So 42, 23. Within a month, Cosby was a millionaire, one who paid his respects to Blanco in unusual ways. (laughs) My eyebrows are going up and down very quickly. (laughs) Each time he visited her in prison, Blanco paid guards $1,500 $1,500 so they could have sex in the back of the facility's multi-purpose room. Oh, that okay. Is, that is getting the multi-purpose. Like, that, is, like a, that is a well-named room. Okay, because this is one of the purposes, evidently. Uh, was it like a broom closet? Is that what a multi-purpose room is? multi-purpose. <laughs> okay, all right. Hopefully it was uh, not easily stained. All I had to do was fly around the country and meet with distributors. Every time I shook a hand, I made a million dollars. That's like the real Cosby. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> Blanco not only took Cosby no, on- But his was, he ate a Jello pudding pop. Not that this guy's not a real Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the famous Bill Cosby. Yeah. Blanco not only took Cosby on as her protege, mm-hmm. she entrusted him to run- She made him a car? She, yeah. She, she turned him into a car? She, she rode him around? She put wheels on his yeah. hands and feet and rode him around? <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> She entrusted him to run much of her multi-billion dollar business in the U.S. Mm -hmm. In 1994, the Miami-Dade State Attorney's Office began investigating her organization, and most damagingly, prosecutors managed to enlist the the cooperation of Blanco's number one hitman, Reavy. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. They they basically, they caught him in Chicago where he was hiding out, and they had a whole bunch of witnesses— coming against him for a bunch of his murders. Right. So in exchange for not doing the death penalty, he said he would testify against her. When Blanco heard that her most trusted enforcer had turned on her, she had a nervous breakdown. She told Cosby, Revy has enough dirt on me to bury me ten times. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm going to propose that her voice actually sounded like that once she bought the tea set from the Queen of England. Right. Yeah, yes. That, there you go. That's what happened. But Griselda came up with a cunning plan. Oh, my God. And this, can you read this plan out like Baldrick would? Because this is not a cunning plan. <laughs> okay. 
she had Cosby deliver a message to her eldest son, Dixon, mm-hmm. about a plot against JFK Jr. JFK Jr. What is what does JFK Jr. have to do with In which Blanco would pay kidnappers $5 million to seize John John yeah. and then trade him to the Kennedy clan in exchange for her freedom. That's her cunning plan. But wait a sec. How is it that the Kennedy clan would be able to affect her freedom? Does she expect them to like, you know, blow up the prison she They're was like in? They're like the or? royalty of, the, of America. Right, but they aren't actually the president, so they can't actually pardon anybody. I know. That's why this is a Baldrick cunning That's plan. That's a cunning plan. Cosby said to uh, Griselda, hell will rain on us. <laughs> Instead of more Yosemite Sam yeah, than kind of Bill did. Cosby right there. Blanco accused Cosby of disloyalty. Of course. If, who, if you aren't willing to carry out a JFK Jr. kidnapping plan, then what good are you? Chasing to buy Blanco's dressing down and threats, Cosby passed the note about the plan, which Griselda had produced from her brassiere. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. To her son, Dixon. Okay. All right. So he, he actually completed the transaction. Yeah. Okay. Soon afterwards, four Colombian kidnappers hired by Blanco rendezvoused with Cosby in New York. Cosby provided pistols and the promise of $5 million in cash from Blanco to the team. He flew back to California in order mm-hmm. to give himself some distance from the insane plot. So maybe cocaine, maybe cocaine paranoia wasn't her problem back in the early 80s. Maybe she was just insane. Uh, which, of course, never succeeded and fizzled up. Well, I yeah, I saw an interview with Charles Cosby where he talked about the fact that he kind of uh, put the fork in this plan because he called her on the phone and then specifically mentioned the plan. And then she right. agreed that there, that there was a plan in place. And then the feds kind of moved in and took right. over some security around JFK Jr. and stuff like that. And he was kind of like, like uh, dodging the bullets, literally mm-hmm. and figuratively. Mm. Let's talk about Blanco's family a little. Yeah, because we've sort of touched on them. But we haven't really talked about them in detail yet. Yeah. Uh, Blanco had four sons, Dixon, Uber, Osvaldo, and Michael Corleone. Dixon, <laughs> Uber, yes. Osvaldo, yes. and Michael Corleone. Yes, named after the Al Pacino character in the Godfather movies. Okay. So, and, and one of her kids was named after that handy car service that you can get an app for these days. That's right. Or maybe it was named after him. <gasps> Is he the... I don't actually know what you're talking about. Is that... Uber. Uber, okay. Yeah, yeah there's a, an app you can get on your phone, and it's like people who have their own cars, but they come and pick you up. That's just German for super, isn't it? Yes. Yep. So, uh, Hitler... That's what we're saying. <laughs> she liked the German. The, yeah, she had a soft spot for it. The first three sons were from her first husband, Carlos Trujillo, while Mark, Michael Corleone was from Dario Sepulveda. Is it, or is it Sepulveda? I think I, it's Sepulveda. Oh, Sepulveda. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's Sepulba. Bringing <laughs> <laughs> the George Lucas back into it. Sepulveda left Blanco in 1983, kidnapping Michael and returning to Colombia when he had a disagreement with Griselda over custody. This seems like the worst person to get into a disagreement with about anything. Yeah. Much less the custody of her son. Yeah, this is this is the person that you smile and nod and agree to. You 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 do the improv thing. Yes and I think you get a little bit cocky though when she has your son. You think, "Well, I made a son with her. She's not going to murder me." It's, it's got to be it, right? Like, there's no other reason that you would do something like this. I mean, he has to have been aware of the things that she was up to. Uh, maybe. It's kind of insane. 
Sepulveda was driving when the Colombian police pulled him over. When he, okay. tri- when he tried to run, the cops opened fire and shot Dario right in front of Michael. Oh. Michael Corleone ran over to embrace his father, but Dario was already dead. It's largely agreed that the execution was done on Blanco's orders. Well, that's not going to scar a kid or nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, watch it's not your like, father gun down in front of you. It's not like mother. being the son of that mother is going to scar Oh, I guess that's true. I guess there's a lesser of two evils. <laughs> An informant who is a close friend of Griselda's told police that her four kids smoked joints and had coke parties when they were as young as three years old. Mm, three-year-old coke party. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. That's like that's a whole love, different kind of tea party, right? You know? I love that band, actually. <laughs> three, three-year-old three coke, coke party? party? Yeah. Griselda and her friends would watch laughing as the little guys got high and wandered around bumping into tables. Uh, Mother of the Year Award right there. Uber was going out with a very waspy girl in Miami, and by that I think we mean she had a thorax and... Uh, <laughs> yes, she's very thin around the middle. Uh-huh. And an abdomen. She was from a prominent family, and her father told her he didn't want her going out with a, quote, spick, so she dumped him. This was the waspy girl's father. Yes. yes. Right. Uh, he was obviously a... Uh, Racist? Progressive. Yeah. He's very progressive. <laughs> now listen, Dar- Spick means uh, Spanish person... In charge of kids. Yes. He thought that he was in the daycare business. That's right. And he's like, listen, daycare is, uh, it's not a growth industry anymore. That's right. That's right. Uber told his mother and Griselda ordered a gunman to kill the father. Nice. Nice. Yeah, she didn't really, uh, you know what? I mean, you can say a lot of things about her with the three-year-old Coke parties and whatever, but uh, she certainly took them at their word and did shit about it. Yeah, that's right. That's a good way to get to to the heart of your girlfriend, though, is to kill her dad. Have her dad killed. <laughs> well, there's a there's a vengeance element too, That's right? right? You My know? dad's dead. Well, I guess we can date again. <laughs> it might not work that way, but you know, I mean, still. Uh, Osvaldo Trujillo Blanco, 25, was killed a few months after being deported from the U.S. in a Colombian nightclub on orders from Pablo Escobar. Hmm. Wait, yeah. who's Pablo Escobar? Uh, we talked about him in our cocaine episode. He became the head of the Medellin cartel uh, okay. in this time. All right. Mm-hmm. Osvaldo's eldest brother, Dixon, found out the identities of the two gunmen. The first one committed suicide before they could capture him, but oh. Dixon tortured the second gun- gunman with a red-hot screwdriver before ultimately sticking the weapon in his brain. Wow. Okay, so if you're going to kill somebody with a screwdriver, mm-hmm. do you like do you like like pop the top of his skull like off of a paint can? I think it goes through the or- eye. Through the eye? Or I think the, it does. Through maybe the, eye. the temple or the ear. Maybe. Yeah. I think you just start screwing. <laughs> See, if you, you don't got, jab, you rotate. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, if you had me tied to a chair and you came walking in the room and said, I'm just going to start screwing, I'd be nervous in a whole different way. I didn't, <laughs> I would not think that you were coming in there to stick a screwdriver in my brain. I'm such a tech person, I would want to use a like a power drill. Uh, you know, screwdriver. Well, and you're lazy. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, why do I want to put all that effort into yeah. getting it in? Using my hands like a sucker. Because what? it'll hurt more. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Uber Blanco was also assassinated in Colombia in the 90s, but I couldn't find any specific details about that, only he's now dead. Uh, Dixon Trujillo reportedly still lives in Colombia. On May 12, 2012, Michael Corleone Blanco was arrested while trying to buy five kilos of cocaine from an undercover detective using $10,000 in cash, mm. a motorcycle, and a diamond necklace inscribed with the phrase, kill all rats. Oh, that guy really hates rats. Rats? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I I love how you're so down in your luck. I guess she doesn't have he doesn't have his mother's billions of dollars that he's got to actually kind of barter for a, a 
some cocaine. After they found and arrested Reeve and agreed to testify against Griselda, they indicted her for three murders. Right. The slayings of Alfredo and Grisel Lorenzo, the uh, two folks who owed her money, and they she wanted them to kill their one, four, and six-year-old children as well. Okay. Uh, and the shooting that resulted in the death of two-year-old Johnny Castro when they went gunning for Chucho. Right. got Johnny instead. Right. Um, Blanca seemed destined for Florida's death row. If, I, if Florida has taught me anything, they like to kill people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, until, Both in and outside of the judicial system. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. Uh, but in the course of the investigation, Reavy engaged in phone sex with one of the secretaries from the state attorney's office. What? Uh-oh. When this came to light, after an investigation, it also became apparent that the same secretary had had sex with Charles Cosby. Yes, he talked about that in some detail in Cocaine Cocaine Cowboys Cowboys 2. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't see Cocaine Cowboys 2. Randy. Those secretaries for the district attorney are Randy. Yeah, he was in town to give a deposition for the prosecution, and when he went to the bathroom, she accosted him in the hallway outside, slipped him his phone number and said, give me a call. He called her to get back to the hotel room. She showed up like five minutes later and banged him. Wow. <laughs> That's the good bang in this episode. Yeah. Every other bang has resulted in death. Well, I mean, this is the crazy part. Like, this woman can't get dates outside of the criminal justice system? She likes the bad boys. I think That's so. why she took the job in the state That's attorney's right. office in the first place. Yeah. I want to meet some hardened criminals. Uh, yeah, no kidding. I guess if you put their penis inside me. If you're going to meet hardened criminals, like, it, the most of them are in jail. What does right? she want? Soften criminals? She can't have sex with them. <laughs> I like that. Three secretaries were fired and a veteran prosecutor resigned over the incident. Oh. With the case tainted due to witness tampering, taint. special prosecutors from... Yeah, there's more than one taint in this case. Oh, they had that kind of sex? Mm-hmm. Okay. Special prosecutors... Yeah, prosecu- they rub taints together. <laughs> that was it. That is... It's the most erotic it th- thing. It's, it's, it's got a high difficulty, but the payoff <laughs> is fantastic. Because, you know, they're all stuck in the... Yeah. So they were forced to cut a plea deal with Griselda Blanco as a result. She pled guilty to the three murders and th- served and received three concurrent 20-year sentences, of which she had to serve only one-third because the guidelines in effect at the time of the murder. I think the Griselda Blanco owes that secretary, like, a bouquet or a flower. Well, Griselda is bisexual herself, so... Maybe we're missing the third part of this yeah, uh, little uh, this menage. Little three-way, yeah. yeah. Uh, Griselda Blanco is suspected of having masterminded over 200 murders. In 2004, she was released from prison and deported back to Colombia the very next day. Okay, it's not our problem anymore. Yeah, and that's the last we heard of Griselda, 2004. It's the last we ever heard of her, right? Kind of, sort of, in the news, in the recent history news. In 2012, Blanca was killed by two assassins as she walked out of a butcher shop in Medellin. (laughs) Medellin? Medellin. (laughs) A single gunman performed a drive-by shooting on a motorcycle and shot her twice in the head. Executing her in the type of motorcycle assassination she has been credited with inventing. That there is some irony to that. Oh yeah, right. Yep. Yes. You think if you're plotting her assassination, it's if good you're for like, the goose, it's good for the gunman, <laughs> Griselda. Uh, but you, you, I mean, you think about it, if you're like, oh, okay, we're, we know where she is now. We're gonna kill her. How are we gonna kill her? Oh, we have to kill her with a motorcycle hit, right? Like they, the, they the Griselda maneuver. It. Yeah, <laughs> we Griselda her. According to a witness, the killer was a man in his 40s or 50s who was calm and composed throughout the attack. Her last act on Earth was buying $150 worth of meat. Okay, $150 worth of meat in Colombia 
would be a shitload of meat. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, $150 of meat in Vancouver is a shitload of meat. She likes no, to sleep. a freezer pack. Yeah. She to sleep. She's, she's walking out of there with a side of beef, probably. She likes to sleep on meat. <laughs> oh, really? It only lasts for a couple days. Okay. Get it, that, so it's a, it was a mattress purchase. Charles Cosby commented on her death. She found religion in later years. At the same time, you can't bring a Bible to a gunfight. Well, you can. You can. <laughs> it just has to be just, really yeah, yeah. thick not, and kind of, yeah. and the cover gonna... has to be Kevlar. One DEA agent com- commented, I was really surprised when I heard she was killed. We presumed her dead years ago. <laughs> That's a way to do your investigation, uh, DEA. <laughs> huh? Oh, oh, that horrible uh, master billionaire mastermind I wonder whatever murderer. happened to her. Well, no, the uh, DEA arrested her and got her 10 years in jail for trafficking. Yeah. And then they- Deported her. No, no. The, it was Then they sent her to Florida where she stood trial for murder. Mm. And if not for if not for the Secretary the of the State's Attorney's Office having sex with everybody yeah. they could get their hands on, uh, she would have probably gotten uh, the electric chair. So- you know they did what they they did what they could instead. But she then, got out in two thousand and four, and she got deported. So she done. Well, her- you expect the DA to keep tabs on everybody that they yeah. prosecute. That that is now back in Colombia, where all the drugs that they're trying to enforce are from. And yeah, yeah, right. I kind of expect at least know whether that person is alive or dead. Right, but the cartel that she got her drugs from had a three million dollar contract out on it. Right. Because of her murder of Marta, the niece of the patriarch. Okay. So really that line was them dissing that cartel for like, what? It took, it took you guys this, that long yeah, to totally, kill her? It was totally a shot at the Medellin cartel. Come on. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh my, that's exactly what that line is. That line is like, really? Yeah. They're trolling. They're trolling the drug it, cartel. It took you till 2012? <laughs> we kicked her out it, eight years ago. Right. Eight years, Medellin? Ugh. She was actually living in Medellin, too. It's not like the cartel yeah. was like, I wonder where she is. I wonder where she's at. <laughs> maybe that was it. We maybe, can't find her. Maybe they didn't know. <laughs> oh, it yeah. was like the eye of the There's storm. There's no way she'd move to Medellin. Man, every time I go to that Starbucks, that woman looks like Griselda Blanco, well, but there's no her. way she'd be here. <laughs> oh, now I want Starbucks. I got some uh, pop cultures I can talk about. All right. There's some books. There's lots of books, actually. Yeah. Um, two of the big ones. She plays a major role in John Roberts' book, American Desperado. John Roberts Fiction was, or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Nonfiction. John Roberts was one of the primary uh, players in the first Cocaine Cowboys movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a smuggler. He was a U.S. citizen who the Colombians employed to, uh, and he had planes and boats, and he devised all the tactics that they used to get the cocaine. That the was country. really interesting in Cocaine Cowboys, him yeah. describing all the plans that he'd come up with. To Originally, it was super easy because nobody was looking for it, and then as the pressure increased and they started looking for all these drugs coming in, he came up with these New better ideas. and better plans. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, I mean, he's, doing, he's breaking the law, yeah. but it, what was really interesting about him was he didn't seem that evil. Like he was just like, look, people wanted the cocaine, so I was getting oh, it yeah. in. And then years later, all of a sudden, people start dying, and he was like, oh wow. Uh, yeah. And you, I, I could almost see him like the, when him describing it, kind of the the unwritten or unsaid thing of him going, what was I going to do? Get killed by quitting? Like, yeah, no, it because uh, he definitely they started out kind of just talking about how I mean it was just for good partying. It was a good yeah. party drug. Yeah. And when he started. They were bringing in like 150 kilos at a time. Yeah. And by the time he ended, they were bringing in 1,500 kilos at a time. Yeah. Right? So it was, you know. That's it, 10 times the amount. <laughs> it, it grew beyond all of his expectations. Oh, yeah. One, one story that he told in Cocaine Cowboys uh, was when he talked about he actually, when he first met Griselda, he uh, was attracted to her. 
and was kind of Apparently, asking, she's got the charisma. Yeah, she, he was asking a couple of the guys about, hey, what's her deal? Do you think I could get with her? Mm. And they said uh, that they wouldn't allow him to get with her because she would probably kill him afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then they she's would the have- black widow. Then, then the cartel would lose their major pipeline into the US and it would be <laughs> a drug war over her killing him because he slept with her. So, uh, right. so that they, they told him that he wasn't he wasn't permitted to sleep with Griselda. Valuable lessons, people. Uh, the Godmother. Public service announcement: yeah. Don't put your penis in a cocaine queen. <laughs> and I, I believe they're turning American Desperado into a movie now. There are a lot of like potential movies out there. Yeah. Um, which we'll talk about in a minute. But The Godmother is a book written, which is supposedly the conclusive biography on Griselda Blanco. Uh, I personally, they had an excerpt that chapter one online, and I read it. And uh, it was a bit different than I expected. It wasn't like, you know, you read a biography about somebody, you expect it to be written journalistically, like kind of in the third person and you're sort of recounting stories from other people and that kind of thing. But it was really weird. Like half of the chapter was in the third person and the other half was told in the first person oh. from Griselda's perspective and from uh, the DA agent Palumbo who eventually arrested her's perspective. So yeah. every chapter it has this like these two first person so it was really like uneven and weird to read and kind of shifted gears and I didn't like it. Here's the news on the adaptation. Uh, William Monaghan, who was the uh, screenwriter for The Departed, uh, has done an adaptation of the book. What do you mean, The Departed? The Departed. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is attached to star and Peter Berg to direct. Uh, in fact, Mark Wahlberg made headlines earlier in 2013 by announcing that Jennifer Lopez was uh, chasing him down to play Blanco in this particular oh, film. Cool. Lopez. If we're talking about uh, possible potential projects surrounding Griselda Blanco, an HBO dramatic series is being developed based on the Cocaine Cowboys movies. Bob Palumbo, Griselda Blanco, and Michael Corleone Blanco also the rights to their life stories to Firstborn Films, which is developing a movie based on all of them. Hmm. I think it's hilarious that the D agent that brought her down and then the two criminals that he brought down, they all sold the rights to the same company. And so they're amassing a, uh, a movie based on the life. A Blanco-like character, Graciela Rojas. That means red. Yeah, and, it, and <laughs> Graciela kind of sounds like Griselda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Graciela Rojas is portrayed by actress Luces Velasquez in the Colombian TV series Escobar, El Patron del Mal. Which I think means Ooh. Escobar, the bad boss. Yeah. Or boss of evil. The, yeah. Bad patron, bad boss. Yeah. yeah. Blanco was featured in episode three, season one of Gangsters, America's Most Evil. Dun dun. <laughs> of course, uh, Joe and I both watch Cocaine Cowboys, mm-hmm. and Torn and I watch Cocaine Cowboys 2, Hustling with the Godmother. Yep. The first one is a much better movie. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's true. But the second one. I mean, it's, the entire story is told from Charles Cosby's pers- perspective. Like, basically, it's all just him sitting around telling Reminiscing, stories. Reminiscing, yeah. 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 Uh, and they had this weirdo excerpt of a video that he sent to Griselda when he was, like, trying to break up with her and didn't want to get killed, right? That one where they kept cutting away when he had the super yes, long hair? Yes, yeah, back in the 80s when he was wearing his tracksuit and had his kind of super curly permed... Yeah. Uh, Jerry-curled hair. Yeah. Yeah. And because... Uh, he was like, she's in jail. So he's sleeping with this other girl in the city. And Griselda finds out about it and sends a bunch of guys to like drive around his house and like, you know, flash guns at him and stuff. And uh, uh, so he makes a video and mails it to her in jail to kind of explain what's happening and why she shouldn't kill him. He's like, I love you, baby. <laughs> I love you so much. Uh, in fact, 
Cocaine Cowboys 2 has a Facebook page uh, which has posted on it all the original letters written by Griselda Blanco and Charles Cosby oh, to each other. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, wow. So everybody can go check out the Cocaine Cowboys 2 Facebook page and see all the actual letters because there's a lot of like lipsticky kiss oh, prints Oh, yeah, it's on very romantic. Oh, yeah. Very <laughs> romantic. Now, here's a question. Uh, having watched Cocaine Cowboys 2 mm-hmm. and seeing all of the kind of motion comic uh, style yeah. recreations, Animations and recreations, was that yeah. also in Cocaine Cowboys Cowboys 1? No, it was no. not. Cooking oh. Cowboys 1 had a lot of like archival footage yeah. and still photos and stuff like that, but there was no animation. I found that to be very interesting. The animated part? I kind of found that to be the most interesting part of the movie. Well, the, because the animation was kind of like sketchy and like not that good or it was just or that they had an animated section at all. That that it was there. Okay. That there were a lot of boobs <laughs> and uh, yeah, people did, having screwdrivers plunged into their foreheads and stuff like that. There had to be some salacious elements. Yeah. Sure, oh, right? Yeah. You know, what are you going to how are you going to get around with a movie about this without some salacious? It was an interesting choice. Let me put it that way. Charles Cosby actually has a blog up on Tumblr. Yeah, we meant uh, uh, Torn mentioned this like uh, earlier. What's yeah. that about? Uh, Cosby'sWorld.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it he offers advice such as never loan a person money if you can't afford for it not to be repaid. That's right. actually pretty good advice. Yeah. Okay. So that okay. So we'll put that in the column of solid advice. Right. Never yeah. divulge the same information to a friend as you would to an associate. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I guess he means business associate. So don't tell your friends about your business shit. Okay. I All think. Right. Don't, don't tell. tell you business about, about your friends. friends. Yeah. yeah. Never store drugs and money in the same location. Okay, I get that. Do- eggs in one that, basket. I'm going to put that in the column of something I probably don't need advice on. The truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my drugs and the money are always separate. Well, this is, this is like the drugs. Ferengi rules of acquisition for drug deals. <laughs> okay, okay. Kind of is, all right. right. Uh, explain that to me. I'm not a Star Trek fan. <laughs> well... <laughs> But you do know that the Frengi are like the totally capitalistic, um, uh, I would say like uh, they're all greedy and they're all about gold-pressed latinum and uh, in, okay. in the Star Trek universe where all otherwise right. yep. you you don't hear about money. Okay. I, right. I, I, they're I know all about now. They're all about profit. Okay. That's right. Uh, some of the rules of acquisition, uh, keep your ears open. Uh, greed is eternal. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, they, just, they just stole that from Wall Street. Never trust a man wearing a better suit than your own. Okay. One of the Ferengi rules of acquisition. Rule of acquisition number 34, war is good for business. Ferengi rule of acquisition number 35, peace is good for business. There does seem to be uh, some potential overlaps yeah. Yeah. between yeah. Charles Cosby's words of advice and the Ferengi rules of acquisition. Never fire a gun unless you're prepared to deal with the ramifications. This, this is the this Cosby, is, this is Cosby not the Ferengi. Again. We're back to Cosby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Uh, never conduct business at your residence. Okay. Uh, well, right. well I, when I, your I, business is drugs, yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. The, the, he should put a little brackets in there when yeah. your business is drugs. When you want to, uh, you know, you want to go home from work. You don't want to bring your work home with. You. Yeah. <laughs> so leave it at the door, and, so to speak. And this unless one, it is drugs, and then you don't want to leave it outside somebody's door. This one, I can't help but think that he believes this is a good rule because he benefited from it when somebody else followed it. Uh-huh. Find at least one person to trust completely to manage your money in the event you have to serve a jail time. Ah. Oh, okay. All right. And again, by the way, I'm, that should be me. <laughs> I'm going to guess that this is, again, in the column of I probably don't need this advice. I, this yeah. Is not, it's not meant for me. Yeah. Oh, is that a, is that a, is that a picture of Charles Cosby? And there's a picture of him. I guess he's really proud about being in Cocaine Cowboys 2 because there's a picture of him lying on the floor with the words Cocaine Cowboys 2 spelled out in, uh, I don't know, dollar bills uh, in money. Yeah. I'd like to do a lesser of two evils at this point. Woo! da 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 all right, so here's what I'm suggesting from the Griselda Blanco side. Of it. Okay. 
you are forced to have sex with Griselda Blanco at gunpoint. Right. Young or old? Uh, in she the 80s. In the 80s. So in their 40s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but there is a possibility that she could cut your throat in your sleep in a fit of paranoid rage. Right. Or, from our bed bugs episode. Uh-huh. Extravaginal insemination from a human-sized bed bug. Traumatic extravaginal insemination. So, so yeah. as we heard in bed bugs, bed bugs uh, don't bother finding the hole. They just have like a spear that they stick in through the chest or whatever. Yeah, through the, the uh, through the abdomen, through the abdomen, abdomen. to yeah. impregnate. And so we're suggesting that there is a world in which six foot tall bed bugs exist, and you get yeah. mounted, right. and your stomach is pierced yeah. by a dagger like penis. And then they inseminate your insides. In this, cra- <laughs> in this crazy world where six-foot-tall bedbugs exist, yeah, uh-huh. am I giving birth to bedbug human hybrids? No, because you're not a lady bedbug. And okay. So you're going to die. Well, oh, no, I'm going to die? Or no. pro- probably die. You have a, I mean, you're being pierced in the stomach with a dagger-like penis. Right. Several times. Inside right? Several like, times. Like it thrusts so several times. You have about as much chance of dying as you would if somebody stabbed you in the belly. Okay. With, a, with a with a dagger like protuberance so, and then inseminated right. inside of you. Right. I feel I have a better chance of surviving from that than having my throat cut in my sleep. Well, if she decides she's going to cut your throat, though, you're for sure going to die. Right. But if you get in, if you get uh, mounted by a bed bug, it's only a chance you're going to die. Yeah. Here's but you what, are going to get stabbed. And here's what I'm okay. thinking. Mm-hmm. From the one-off point of view, the sleeping with her and risking that chance is yeah. better than the getting stabbed. But I think that even if I did survive, even if she believed that I was trustworthy and nothing mm-hmm. would ever happen afterwards, for the rest of my life, I would be worried that she would change her mind <laughs> and just yes. be like, I'd better get all those guys I slept with yeah, you and send somebody to get me later. You don't really want to be in Griselda, on Griselda Blanco's radar right. under... Un- any capacity. Whereas I feel the bed bug in this just wouldn't come back. Like, I, yeah, I'm not worried about, about it. Yeah. I mean, bed bugs only live like 21 days. Right, right, exactly. So I only have 21 days to worry about it returning. Mm-hmm. Now, in the Griselda Blanco situation, mm-hmm. I feel like, in on the one hand, I feel like the way to not have my throat being cut uh-huh. okay, is so you that have, if you I'm have a tactic, so yeah. amazingly good in bed, <laughs> that she's going to want to do it again later. So you'd okay. be the sex version of Scheherazade. But. Doing the I 1001 have, Arabian Nights. I have never had sex at gunpoint before. <laughs> right. And yeah. I can't say for sure that I could even get it up. You might have performance anxiety. You exactly. May, you you may also discover a new kink, though. That that may be true. <laughs> Maybe like, I've never had this. I've never been so excited. But I don't know. <laughs> Right. What do you suspect? Whereas I what know. What do you suspect, though? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what do you think would happen? What's, uh, what music's playing? Whatever music you want. <laughs> you, can, you can program your own iPod. Although, that may change your mind about killing you. Yeah, it's true. Oh, shit. It's true. There's too many variables. There's too many variables. <laughs> there are a lot of variables. Whereas in the extra-vaginal insemination, I know exactly what's happening. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It, it, that, this is it. This is the, but that's this it. Is the debate. I have to choose. Do you I take... have to choose the extra-vaginal insemination. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I. This well, is a hard one. Because, Even though, because, because the, the sex may be great, yeah. it might be, but I don't know. <laughs> but I know that the extravaginal examination is going to be horrible, and it. I can prepare myself accordingly. <laughs> so it's really it's the anticipation. It's the I mental. Think it is. It's a mental anticipation. I you take anticipation is. very seriously. I have a feeling she wouldn't be a very giving lover. But, oh no, she is a taker. But in every, uh, yeah. at every level of her life, like yeah. why would that be any different in the sack? But so many yeah. people wanted to sleep with her. 
There were a lot of people that wanted to sleep with her. Like she must have had something. She's got it. That John Roberts guy. She's got guy, the pheromones. I mean, or something. that John Roberts guy. He, those pictures of him from the '80s. He was a dashing fellow. There, here's he the had thing it going on. There are selfish reasons to be a great lover. You mm-hmm. can do it because you're proud of it, and yep. you really want to blow somebody's mind. So yep. she might have that. But I'm thinking that's a low possibility. I mean, she was and, a prostitute from a very young age too, so she probably had some skill set. I'm not doubting the skills. I'm I'm just doubting the the uh, the motivation the, behind the giving the, a giving a damn enough to use. The and, ferocity, and I don't <laughs> think I don't think that Charles Cosby had sex with her just because of the big picture money oh, situation. No. Oh yeah, okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. He, this is a guy who's a drug dealer on yeah. the streets of Oakland. He's a, he's a worth young man, millions of dollars. He's not an unattractive man. No, absolutely. And he was choosing to have sex with Griselda Blanco. But she had something she had in the multi-purpose room. In a multi-purpose room, no less. So you've got. You've got a uh, uh, these photos of her, which are not flattering, but she obviously has something. There's a je ne sais quoi going sure. on here that uh, we all have to kind of acknowledge. And look, all sorts of people like all sorts of different things. Maybe that's his thing. Mm-hmm. It's not mine, but she's not so horrible. I, the sex with her is not even much of a negative. Like it's it's the gunpoint and the forced and <laughs> yes, like yeah. and the possibly dying later. That's uh-huh. horrible. And be like I said, being on her radar. Yeah, it's that's true. terrifying me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, because the bed bug is not going to torture you. It is right. gonna it's gonna pierce you. It's gonna inseminate you. Wow, and then it's gonna leave. Right? Plus, I have to. I've. <laughs> I'm gonna say this now. I may change my tune if it happen really happens. <laughs> but I think I'm more comfortable with giant bed bugs than having an infestation of real bed bugs in my bed. <laughs> yeah, one giant because I bed can bug. see them. There he is, right there, <laughs> with his giant spear like penis coming from for your stomach. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, much harder than I thought it would be. Much more difficult than uh-huh. I thought it would be. <laughs> it's not uh, hard it's, at all. It's not at all hard. Uh, 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 I think I'm going to, man, uh, I'm going to kind of flip the coin. I'm going to take her and hope that I'm charming enough that mm-hmm. uh, that she will trust oh, me. Oh, so Joe's dead. That, uh, Maybe. You know, <laughs> charm is part of your plan. But, but We're listen, in, you are in I have serious a, I trouble. I have a 20-sided die right here. You, <laughs> we, can, we can figure out what, if it's like a 50-50 chance. You make then. me you make me check, make this choice again, and I might change my mind. I, uh, I can't really defend this decision, but I right now I think I'm leaning towards, uh, even though all those negatives... Man, I don't want to be because with the bed bug, I'm definitely being stabbed through the belly yes. over and over again yes. until this event is over. Uh-huh. With her, I'm I have a chance of communicating that listen, uh, I'm not a threat, uh-huh. and uh, even though she's crazy paranoid from all the drugs, mm-hmm. and you might get do some I cocaine while you're at it, and then throw I, that in the deal. That's <laughs> there is cocaine. Pretend. I mean, they're probably. I imagine her Whereas house. With me, it's just bug powder. Her house was like from the the finale of the movie Scarface that there were just mounds of cocaine yeah. lying around. So there is, you know, this possibility of. I don't uh, doubt the cocaine's cocaine. not fun. I just don't ever want to roll those dice about being an addict. But right. if she's gonna kill me, like she's like, look, now I'm gonna kill you. I'm, hold on, let me try that coke first. <laughs> then I'll do it. Uh, but I don't want to, because I've had friends. We talked about this in the, on the cocaine episode. I think I've had mm-hmm. friends roll the dice and all of a sudden addicted. Like, yeah. and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's there it <laughs> unless I'm gonna die. Uh-huh. Like like the grandfather in uh, Little Miss Sunshine. I'm old. I want to enjoy my time left. He's a heroin addict. I'm like, yeah, you got a couple of years left. Have some fun. But up until then, no. Well, uh, so yeah, I I choose her. Ah, uh, and I hate choosing her. But. See, I don't think that I would enjoy sex with Griselda Blanco. 
No. Because I don't think she's the kind of person that I would like to have sex with. Right. right? But I think I could if I could just, if I would just, you know, close my eyes, go to, turn a, up, turn up the go, lights. go to a happy place, yeah. for yeah. instance. Yeah. Yep. And and just kind of like make, ride it, it make her wear a giant big bug costume. <laughs> and, and, and if I died, you're actually going down the path I'm going down. Uh, <laughs> and if I died at the end of it, then so be it. It was my time kind of thing. And I could be sort of zen about it. Right. Yeah. But I kind of feel the same way about the bed bug incident, because this thing, it's attacked me. It's got all these arms. I'm trapped. I'm for all intents and purposes being belly raped. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that's so really the difference. I think for me. that yeah. you would have to just close your eyes and go to a happy place for however many seconds it took for him to stop <laughs> piercing you and inseminating you. That's the thing. I think that sex with Griselda <laughs> is going to take a lot longer than a bed bug and traumatic. But it wouldn't be as terrible. What's what's terrible about it is at the end, it might be not good. So sex, here's here's right? what here's what I would do. Maybe traumatic insemination is great sex. I would have a Might freaky- be my kink. Maybe that's my kink. Oh, I actually enjoy this. <laughs> I would have a freaky three-way with Griselda and the bed bug. And find out. Because all I need to do, I just need to go to my happy place one time, and I'm there already anyway. Oh. And this way I would find out which, whether the, the, the gun pointing or the traumatic bug, extravaginal insemination or any of that is like down my alley. And if in the course of it, and I'm assuming because I've been stabbed by this uh, the bedbug phallus that it would actually vastly reduce the chances that Griselda would cut my throat. And you can dress the, la- uh, the ladybug. You can dress the bedbug up in sexy lingerie. Mm, uh, packed with cocaine. <laughs> Best of both worlds. <laughs> it's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside. And when you wake up, startled to say, I hope I don't go crazy today. It's such a bad feeling. An ominous feeling. A feeling you know that when the week is new and we'll have more gross facts for you and you'll have things you want to hear about we will Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while struggling in a crocodile death roll. To comment on episodes, make donations, and for links, images, videos, and show notes, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes, visit us on Facebook, tweet us on Twitter, at Caustic Podcast. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Thanks for listening. It's fine. We'll cut it out. <clears throat> don't stop. Don't stop the momentum. No, man. Well, the pure, nah, the we, could, we could keep this energy going. <laughs> yeah. Burning and the bippin' and the boppin'. You know it's almost as I'm just doing old man instead of Cosby. What the fuck? Where did that come from? I can sometimes do Cosby, but mm-hmm. apparently not today. Oh, we're recording. Mm-hmm.